Somebody shout 30 days of symphony. One more time, 30 days of symphony. There's power in agreement. We're going to be doing this message series for the next four Sundays. And on week one, which is today, we're going to talk about the power of agreement. Somebody say the power of agreement. Somebody shout agreement. Place of power. One more time. Agreement. The place of power. And then next Sunday, you guys are in for a treat. Because next Sunday, my pastor, my bishop, my spiritual papa is going to be in this place. And he's also going to preach. Come on, let's celebrate him. His name is Bishop Thompson. An amazing man of God. I was telling the crew there that he is still the only man who, when he walks in the room, I literally just don't know what to do myself. Because that's just how much... I honor and respect and love him. I believe we are blessed today because of this great man of God. Amen. And then on Sunday, number three, we're going to talk about, I just play the triangle. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I just play the triangle. LJ got this stuff here to look like a symphony, to look like an orchestra. If you go to an orchestra, you see all these equipments. Uh, sometimes 30 pieces, 100 pieces, all these people who are there playing. And then there's a guy who has a little triangle. There's a a guy who plays the spoons and the forks and just hits that little thing. But when he plays that thing in the right moment, man, it just fills up the music. And I want you to know that it doesn't matter what you do in the kingdom of God. You may just play the triangle, but I want you to know that you matter in the name of Jesus. You're precious in God's sight. You're needed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then on Sunday number four, somebody shout Sunday number four. We're going to talk about the enemies of symphony. You see, a lot of people do want to walk in agreement. People who are married that are struggling, families that are struggling, they do want to walk in agreement. But a lot of times people don't know how to walk in agreement. So we're going to talk about the the enemies of symphony. And we're going to teach you how to walk in agreement in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. On this Sunday, I'm going to talk about something that I really believe is plaguing the house of God. And we're going to break what we call the the orphan spirit. Somebody say orphan spirit. There's an orphan spirit in the kingdom of God. The reason you find people who are gifted, talented, successful, and they have so much, but they're not experiencing the kind of life that is really successful, is because many times a lot of us were introduced to what I call the orphan spirit. Especially people who grew up and there was no father and, and maybe you had a father but, you know, they, they were abusive, they were not nice. You didn't have the best relationship. You become, you, become, you become a person that does not like authority. You become a person that just struggles with authority, struggles with relationships. And then you place yourself under what we call a spiritual orphan spirit. It's a spirit of independence. It's a spirit of rebellion. It's a spirit where relationships just struggle. And we're going to break that orphan spirit in the name of Jesus. We're going to release you to a place where you're going to begin to receive your spiritual heritage in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. One more time. Somebody shout hallelujah. Wonderful. But today we're talking about agreement, the place of power. Somebody say the place of power. One more time. The place of power. When Michelle and I got married years ago, God had called me to the ministry of fasting and prayer. I was a young single person, and I would take three days every month, somebody say every month, and I would fast from food and water, 
and Facebook and technology. I would literally be on my face for three days. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, don't try that at home. Well, this is how I was raised praying in Africa. And so I started doing that. And then when we got married, I remember the first month when we got married, I told my wife, I said, honey, I'm going to take three days. No food, no water, no Facebook, no kissing. She was like, what? You're kidding me. You're my husband. I was like, I know, I know I'm doing this fast. And uh, I, I need to pray. I was just so, I was just this young Preacher, just on fire for God. I want to change the world, and I've got to fast. And she was like, no, I'm not letting you do that. You're going to die. You've got to drink water at least. You're going to die. I'm not letting you. I was like, woman, I've been doing this since I was in Africa. I'm going to do this. May we started fighting over fasting and prayer. And I remember one time, I didn't even want to. I woke up on a Monday morning, and I just knew I'm going to fast today. I'm going to begin the fast. So I said, honey, I'm starting a fast today. No food. No water, no kissing, just talking to God. She was like, nope, that's not happening. You didn't even give me a warning. Can you just give me a warning at least? Just three days, no kissing, nothing. You don't even give me a warning. And I was like, listen, listen, God is telling me to do this. Some of it wasn't wise. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Some of it wasn't very wise. But I was like, I'm doing that. And she was like, no, you're my husband. I feel like kissing you today. And so it's going to happen. And I was like, no, 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 you're not going to take the glory away from me, okay? Don't, don't stop there. No, she's like, no, it's going to happen. We were literally chasing each other in the house. She's like, I'm going to kiss you. I'm, I'm like, no, you get, you get away from me, okay? I'm trying to get this power, this anointing. She's like, no, I'm going to kiss. I was like, you stay away, woman. Man, I was crazy back then. Kind of crazy back then. So three days, no kissing. And then after that, my wife said to me, you know what? This month, I'm going to join you. I'm going to fast and pray with you. I was like, okay, okay. You can, you can fast from breakfast, you know, and you can eat maybe your lunch. And your She's like, no, no, no. I'm going to fast just like you do it. I said, no, 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 no. Please don't do that. I don't want you to die. This is crazy African stuff. I don't want. She's like, no, no, no. Fasting is not an African thing. It's a Holy Spirit thing. If you can do it, I'm going to do it. I was like, no, my God. This woman is going to die. So she said, no, I'm going to fast with you. So that month, we turned our plate and we began to pray together. On the third day, she was so weak. I said, no, you got to eat something. And she ate something. But we prayed together. Somebody said, we prayed together. We prayed in agreement. And I'll tell you what. I saw miracles happening from the first day we started praying together. It used to take me a long time of praying by myself. Just praying like a crazy wild African. God, oh God. You know, Africans pray like crazy. I'm like walking around in the house praying. Oh God, I'm arresting the devil. I'm handcuffing the devil. I'm, I'm, I'm releasing lightning over the devil. All kinds of stuff and, and crushing his head. I'm, I'm just praying this crazy wild prayers. And the results would come very slow. But I'll tell you, the first day I agreed with my wife, the first day I hold her little hand and begun to pray, a miracle happened right away. Somebody shout, there's power in agreement. Oh, shout it. There's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. More is done when we come in agreement. 
I want to give you a few foundational things. Today is first day, so I'm going to lay a lot of foundational stuff. If you've got an iPhone, if you've got a paper, I want you to write this because we're going to lay the foundation in this service and in the services to come and the Sundays to come. We're just going to go crazy. Amen. But this is going to be foundational. Number one, I want you to know that God functions in agreement. God functions in agreement. God is three in one. He is Trinity. He is a triune God. God is Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Paul would bless the churches. He would say, let the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you because God is three in one. And I know sometimes people get confused. What's this Trinity thing? What's this God is three in one? What's, I'm just confused. Is it... Is it three people? Is it three gods? Is it one? Is it What in the world is it? Well, I'm going to solve this problem for you today. I'm going to help you. Well, when you buy an orange, it's one orange. Somebody say one orange. But you peel it, and inside, sometimes they're eight pieces, sometimes they're nine pieces, and you start to eat one at a time, right? Now, even though you're eating eight pieces, they're not eight oranges. They're still what? One orange with eight pieces. Still one orange with eight pieces. It's one God, but they have three entities. You know, I love chocolate. I love chocolate. I love this chocolate called Kit Kat. Anybody loves Kit Kat? Are you a Kit Kat kind of person? Any Twix people out there? Twix? Any Reese's Pieces people out there? Any, any no chocolate people? Jesus, bless you. My wife loves chocolate so much, she just married me. Somebody will get that tomorrow. But I love chocolate. When you buy Kit Kat, there's four pieces in there. When you buy that Kit Kat for a dollar, there's four pieces. You know why I know that? Because back in the days when we had Zenzo and Sarah, I'd buy that one Kit Kat, and I'd give one piece to Zenzo, one piece to Sarah, and I'd get two. I'd get two. And then we had Joshua. I'd get one piece. And then we had Naya. There's no pieces for me anymore. But it's one Kit Kat with what? Four pieces. One God, three entities. It's one God, but there's three entities. I want you to know that God functions in community. God believes in agreement so much he lives in it. You take agreement and God does not exist anymore. Because God exists, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is the one who originated agreement. Somebody say foundational. And then number two, the next thing you need to know is that man is a product of agreement. You are a product of agreement. It says in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God calls a conference meeting. He calls a meeting. There's a board meeting between these three CEOs, God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. They come into the conference room of, of heaven and they say, we need to do something. The three of us, us th three CEOs, us together as one, us in agreement need to produce somebody who looks just like us and represents us. So God says, let us make man in our own image. Why is God saying let us? Because God is speaking to himself, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our own, in our own image. And so you are a product of agreement. You are a product of agreement. Say, I am a product of agreement. One more time, I am... A product of agreement. So therefore, I want to submit to you 
that you are at your best when you function in agreement because you are a product of agreement. Anybody's got an Apple phone in here? Anybody's got an iPhone in here? Anybody's got an iPhone? Come on, wave those iPhones. Anybody got an Android, a Galaxy? Wave it, wave it, wave it. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Father, bless them in Jesus' name. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. <laughs> anybody with a Galaxy with an, come on, anybody with an Android? We're going to do an altar call here today. <laughs> well, you got to have confidence. Anybody with an Android, come on, say a big hallelujah. <laughs> got to have confidence in what you have. But you will find that if you have an Apple product that it does not integrate very well with a PC. If you get your iPhone and try to connect it to a PC, it just, it may function, but it may just function, it may not function the way it's supposed to. Because Apple products were designed to function with other Apple products. And I want to submit to you, just like an Apple product, you were designed and you came out of agreement. God created you out of agreement. And you are supposed to function at your best when you're functioning in agreement. When you're not in agreement, you're like an apple that's been plugged into a PC. There's tension that happens. Somebody shout tension. There's tension that happens. You see, I don't like fighting with my wife. My wife and I are so connected that when we fight, sometimes it happens, right? And we don't talk to each other. Back in the days, we used to do that for a whole week, man. Just like, okay, we'll see who talks first. I'm like, is she going to talk? No, oh, she didn't talk. What is she going to talk? Weeks are going by. These days, when my wife and I get to that place, I can't afford to not talk to my wife because I literally physically feel sick. I literally physically feel sick when we're not on the same page. I cannot handle another minute of that. I literally physically feel sick. I have tension inside of me when we're in disagreement. There's tension when you get this Apple phone and connect it to a PC because you are created to function in agreement. You are created to walk in agreement. So I declare over you in the name of Jesus that you're going to begin to walk in agreement in your marriages. You're going to begin to walk in agreement in your families, in the name of Jesus, in your workplace. You're going to begin to walk in agreement. And that power is going to be released as you function in agreement. Somebody shout amen and amen. The Bible says, one shall chase a thousand. Josh, come up, come up, real quick, real quick, jump up here. Jeremy, jump up here, real quick. Come on, let's, let's, put, let's put a hand together for these guys. There's good-looking brothers here. Come on, come, we can do better than that. Come on, come on. Now, just for the record, he, he is taken. This dude is available. I, I'm going to be, I have some application papers. I'm going to be taking applications at the end of the service. For this brother. The Bible says one shall chase a thousand. Somebody shout one. Come on, shout it one. This brother has the power to put a thousand forces, a thousand demons to flee. Somebody shout hallelujah. And this brother has the power to put a thousand forces to flee. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now you'd think that mathematics say that the two of them together would chase two thousand. But the Bible says when they come together, this one will do a thousand by himself. This one will do a thousand by himself. But once they come together, lock arms, brothers. Once they come together, 10,000 will be put to flight. Because as soon as they come together, 
if you if you know anything about mathematics that's an over 1000 percent increase right as soon as they come together somebody shout hallelujah agreement is the place of power you guys can run out hallelujah let's appreciate them come on chris stand lexi stand chris ah, you guys can face the people let's appreciate them let's appreciate this couple Now, as good-looking and as handsome and as gifted as Chris is, by himself, he cannot have a baby. If that happened, that would, that's witchcraft from Haiti. <laughs> uh, now, Lexi, as beautiful, as gorgeous, as amazing as she is, by herself, she cannot have a baby. If that happened, that's witchcraft from Jamaica. That can never happen. But I want you to know that once they come together, both of them are able to achieve something that each one of them cannot achieve by themselves as great as they are. That's the power of agreement. Somebody shout hallelujah. You guys can sit down. Let's appreciate them. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, two are better than one for they have a better return for their work. Two are better than one. Years ago, I got hired at a church to write songs. For the last six years before we planted this church, I was a songwriter. They paid me a lot of money just to write songs. And they put another man in that studio. His name is Phil Thompson. And my pastor says, I want you and him to write songs together. I had never written songs with another person. Now, writing songs is very vulnerable. He put us in that room and I was like, man... I don't know what to do, but listen, I need to feed my kids. And part of feeding my kids is going to take me writing songs with this guy that I just met right now. And so we started attempting to write songs. And I'll tell you, just two months after we started writing songs, we wrote a song called Masterpiece. Somebody say Masterpiece. And this song went right into the billboards, into the charts. It was on iTunes for over 20 weeks. It was on radio station for weeks upon weeks. I started getting royalty checks. I had written over 100 songs before in my life until Phil Thompson and I began to write together. I saw something that I'd never seen before. Somebody said, power of agreement. And then after that, we wrote another song together called Love Lifted Me. Our bishop said, you need to write something with this hymn. We wrote a song called Love Lifted Me. And in that year, my wife was having our third baby. His name is Joshua. And my wife used to work at a great company. She used to manage this company, a, pres a prestigious firm, re real estate firm in, in Andover. She used to run the company. She was hired there before she graduated college. And then when she graduated college with a degree in communications and a minor in business, they hired her and they just, she just kept going up in the ranks. So she was making some good cheese, y'all. She was, she was making some good money. And when we had our third baby, she was like, honey, I want to stay home. I don't want to work anymore. And I was like, come on. You, we need that cheese, baby. We need that money. We need that money. She's like, honey, I really need to stay home. She, she made more money than me this time. I'm not ashamed to tell you that. At, this, at, this, at, this, at that time, things changed. But at that time, that was going on. And I was just like, man, what are we going to do? And this was just a season when we had finished writing this song. And I'm telling you, that year... Just the royalties from that song alone covered every amount of money that she used to make at this accounting firm. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. To this day, 
I still get royalty checks from this one song. Somebody shout one song. I love those royalty checks. I love them so much, even my kids know the royalty checks. Daddy, it's the good check. It's the good check. They know how it looks like. It's the good check from Sony Records. Because a guy called Ty Tribbett recorded it. And to this day, I want to submit to you this power in agreement. I want you to know something. Some of you, your victory and your success has been locked up because God is waiting for you to come in agreement with somebody else and begin to release something that he's put on your inside. So I declare in the name of Jesus that God's going to begin to lead to you partners and people that you can connect with in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. There's power in unity. Paul and Silas in the book of Acts chapter 16, they're in jail. They've been chained. Two people have been chained, but there are many people in that jail cell as well. They begin to worship God in unity. They begin to cry out to God. They begin to worship. They're in chains and they begin to worship. You know, you know what I think was happening? I think when they were worshiping and they were worshiping because they were in agreement and because God is attracted to agreement. God created agreement. And every time he begins to come in agreement, he is attracted. He comes in that place and he has to endorse what's happening in that place because he loves agreement. I think when they began to worship, I think God began to dance in heaven. I think this was such a beautiful worship. He began to dance. I I think God began to dance so much he caused an earthquake. And the Bible says the chains fell. Somebody shout chains fell. But what's amazing is that it's, it wasn't just the chains of the two people who were worshiping that fell down. The Bible says when they came in agreement, everybody in that jail cell, their chains came down. I want to submit to you that your agreement is going to cause your region to be delivered in the name of Jesus. When we come together, we begin to unite. God's going to cause that unity to break the chains that are in this region. Somebody shout hallelujah. One more time. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 18 verse 19, it says when two or three touch and agree about anything. Somebody shout anything. Jesus says my father in heaven will give it to you. This is the only place in the Bible where God literally signs an open check. God says, if you and you decide to come together in agreement, take this check. It's already signed by Jesus. Come together in agreement. When you do that, you can just write there whatever you want. If two or three shall touch and agree about anything, somebody shout anything. One more time, shout anything. That's why I want to submit to you today that the devil fears your agreement. The devil fears your agreement because God created agreement. God honors agreement. And as soon as you come in agreement, God comes in that place and he endorses that place. And the devil knows the best thing he can do is put you in disagreement. He doesn't even have to fight you. He just has to make you fight with yourself. There's a guy called Vice President Dick Cheney. Anybody remembers Vice President Dick Cheney? Anybody? Any millennials? Any young people here? You see, when President Bush was the president, it just felt like everything was going wrong for some reason. 9-11 was happening. The economy was going down. Just so many things were happening. And the next thing that happened was that his vice president was going somewhere. He went somewhere and he was hunting with his friends. And he shot one of his own friends. This guy was hunting. The vice president was so bad, he lacked coordination. He shot one of his own friends hunting. Somebody said, that's a problem. 
But I want you to know this. The devil knows that he can make you a spiritual dick channy when you begin to shoot your own friends. The devil doesn't have to come and mess with you. He doesn't have to. He just has to cause you to become dick channy to your own wife, to your own husband. He just has to make you walk in disagreement. And you start to kill yourself. You, you begin to destroy one another. The thing that the devil fears the most is agreement. And I'll tell you, there are two groups of people in church there's a group of people in church that know how to believe God for great things. They know how to believe God for miracles and faith and they're ready to change the world. But many times that group, the, the enemy will tempt them to have a chip on their shoulder. They begin to slander. They begin to gossip. And so even though they have faith, they begin to cancel the power of God by themselves because of their disagreement. Because God cannot bless agreement. And then there's another group of people. They are peaceful. They're loving. They're the pastor's best friend. They're awesome. They're incredible. They're peaceful. But they can't believe God for anything. When it's time to believe God for great things, they, they become scared. They become fearful. And God wants those people who walk in faith and operate in miracles to be careful and to begin to walk in agreement. And God wants those people that are peaceful, those people that are in agreement to begin to operate in faith. I just declare over this place in the name of Jesus that this church is going to be a place of unity in the name of Jesus. That people are going to walk into this place and they're going to find the peace of God in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen and amen. As we close here, I want to lay some foundational things as well. I want to give you three things about agreement. Three things about agreement. Number one, I want you to know that agreement is intentional. Turn to your neighbor and tell them agreement is intentional. One more time. Agreement is intentional. You see, we watch these uh, movies, these love soap opera movies. And, and have, you, have you seen somebody who loves those kind of movies? And there's always this French lover boy from, from Paris. Right? He's just like, he's tall. He's got this long hair. Madame, he just, he just knows how to take care of the lady. Right? When I was believing God for a wife, I used to be scared of them French guys. I see a French guy walk in the room. I'm like, come on, honey, let's leave this place. Let's get out of here. Because them French dudes, like, they just know. It's like they know what to do, Todd. They just, you know, before the wife, you know, when the wife is, 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 is thirsty and wants a drink of water, they just seem to know the perfect time to walk in a drink of water, madame. The, the moment the wife has a little pain on the thigh, the French guy just comes, a little massage, madame, and he just seems to know where to touch and what to do. And I'm just like, man, I'm in trouble. Somebody help me. There's a deception of the enemy in the world that if it works, if you're meant to be together, it's just going to click. And it's a lie from the devil. Agreement takes intentionality. It takes work. I know people who come together and they're just like, this is not working. Maybe we're never meant to be together because it's just not clicking. I want you to know this, that marriages stay together not because of love but because of agreement. You know how many people say to their kids every year, honey, mommy and daddy love each other. We love each other so much but we're divorcing. It's the most confusing thing ever but it's true. It's true. It's people who love each other, but we're never taught how to cultivate agreement. 
Because to live together, it doesn't take love alone. It takes agreement. Somebody shout hallelujah. But agreement takes work. It's intentional. Somebody shout it's intentional. You've got to work. There's a deception of the enemy that if we're meant to be together, if this church is supposed to be together, I'm looking at Juan over there. If we're supposed to work together, it's just supposed to work. But that's the lie of the devil. It takes work. It takes work. It takes work. It takes work. Those movies from Paris, stop watching those movies. That's a lie. It's a lie. There's no person in this world that just knows what to do. You can find a couple that's in their 80s. Maybe that's going to happen, okay? We have an awesome couple here that's been married over 50 years. The Jones over there. Come on, let's celebrate them. I asked him one day, I said, sir, what's the secret? He's like, man, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm just working it out. I thought he was going to tell me, man, I just know what to do. I just, he says, no, I'm still working it. I'm still working it. It takes work. It takes work. You have to train your wife. You've got to train your husband. Listen, you're looking at an African boy here that has been trained by a woman. I used to just throw my clothes on the ground. Honestly, I kind of still do. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. I'm on, the, I'm on the stage here. I can't be like, I still do. But my, my wife has told me, honey, don't do that. Don't, you know, I never knew what to do in this country. You know, people would open the door for us and I'll just go in. And my wife is following me. She'll be like, no, honey, you got to let me go first. You got to open the door for me. You got you to gotta do this. Huh? Huh? Okay, I'll do it next time. Honey, you did it again. You just, you just, you don't do that. Who does that? But listen, she has trained me now. I know how to behave myself, Okay. I know how to behave myself. I know when to put that cologne. I know when to put that music, that boys to men in the bedroom. I know how to set the atmosphere. I'm working. Come on, somebody help me in this place. I've been trained. No, don't touch me there, honey. Don't touch. No, no, no. It's uncomfortable when you touch me here. Oh, okay, okay. How about? I've been trained. Come on, somebody shout Hallelujah. Some of you are killing each other because you're just like, he doesn't know where to touch me. He doesn't know what to do. He does, everything he does is wrong. Train the dude. Train him. Put him to work. Train that guy. Listen, my wife would lose if she divorced me now because she's taken 10 years training this puppy right here. No time to train another puppy. I'm trained already. Text intention. Somebody shout Intention. I want you to know, Impact, it's going to take work to learn one another, but we're going to do it together. There's going to be people who are going to come in this place. We're waiting for people that are not churchy. I don't care how they look. I don't care how they dress. People of God, we're going to love them. We're going to be intentional because it takes work to build people. Somebody shout amen and amen. Hallelujah. It's 1209. Somebody get on that piano because I'm going to get carried away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. I was going to give you three. I'm going to give you the rest of them. Thank you, Linton. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout. It takes work. I'm going to give you the rest, the rest of the two while you're standing so we can end here. Hallelujah. Uh, Linton, play something there. Put, let that juice, the juice of the Holy Spirit fall in this place. Hallelujah. You see, Joshua came to the walls of Jericho. Amen. And Joshua said to the people, we're going to walk together. Somebody said, we're going to walk together. He said, once every day. 
for six days. We're going to walk. We're going to walk. For the walls of Jericho to fall, there was effort. There was intentionality. They took responsibility for that unity. They had to walk. They had to walk. Day one, they're walking. They're walking. Day two, they're walking. It takes intentionality. It takes work. It takes assuming responsibility. It starts and ends with you. There's not going to be any gossip and slander in this house because you're going to take personal responsibility. It starts and it ends with you. If somebody's talking about somebody else, you're going to say, brother, let's go love that person. And we're going to create an atmosphere in this house where people feel comfortable to talk about their issues and they can find help because we're going to set an atmosphere of love in this place. Takes work, work, work. It's going to take work and take work. Somebody shout work. The second point. We've got to celebrate differences. Joshua said, you guys, the seven priests, you're going to carry the trumpets. This is Joshua chapter 6. The seven priests, you're going to carry trumpets. Some of you guys are going to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And then there's going to be some guys that are going to carry some guns and some rifles. And then there's going to be another group. You, just, you guys are just going to march and march and shout. Some are carrying trumpets. Some are carrying ga- guns. And some are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Some are just walking. And their duty is to walk and shout. Now imagine if the guy who was carrying the gun would be like, you guys are just carrying the trumpets, man. What in the world is that? Do you, how do you fight a war with trumpets? And if the guys of the trumpets were like, man, you, you guys are just walking. You've got no guns, no trumpets, nothing. You, you guys are crazy. We have to celebrate differences. One of the things that hurts the heart of God is when we start to act like everybody else has to be like us. The truth is, a lot of us, talk about other people because of insecurities the truth is you don't even want anybody else to be like you because you don't even like you celebrate differences I love this church because in this church man oh my god there's, there's, there's Brazilians in this house there's Latinos in this house come on there's nombre. There's Mahaiti people in this house. There's my, all of it, white, Irish, Italian, just this, there's my beautiful people in this place. My wife is one of them. There's black, there's white, there's Latino, there's Asian. We celebrate the differences in this house. Come on, let's celebrate the differences in this house. Hallelujah. I celebrate you, Jalen. Hallelujah. What are you, Jalen? Black and Native American. Wow. Oh, that's why you got those waves in the head. Make me seasick up in here. You got a little native in him. Come on, celebrate differences. Celebrate how different your wife is. Celebrate how different your father is. Celebrate differences. When you don't celebrate differences, you're despising God's design. You're insulting God's design. Celebrate how slow your wife is. Celebrate how little different she, how quirky she is. The best thing you can ever do to somebody you love is to celebrate them, even their weaknesses. Because you're saying, God, you did a good job. You never make mistakes. You never make mistakes. And then lastly, I want you to know this, that leadership produces agreement. Leadership produces agreement. 
It took Joshua to say, you guys are going to blow the trumpet. You guys are going to do this. You guys are going to do that. You guys are going to do that. Without leadership, there's no agreement. Come on, somebody say amen. Without leadership, there's no agreement. That's why the devil has a bullseye on leaders. What's to target leaders? Statistics say that 90% of pastors in America have no friends. Statistics say that over 70% of pastors in America are depressed. Statistics say that 1,600 pastors in America quit the job every single week. Because the devil knows that the house of God is the most powerful house in, the sea, in, in a place like this. And the pastors are a target because when the pastors are in order, there's agreement that comes in place. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. I want you to know this. My wife and I, we were not forcing ourselves to be pastors. We were, we were running, matter of fact. But God appointed us for such a time as this. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say, would you celebrate us? Come on, somebody. Would you celebrate my wife and I? Would you encourage us? Amen. I dare declare that at Impact Church, the pastors are not going to be depressed. We're not going to have to go to bed with pills. We're not going to have to be depressed, sick and tired. We're not going to run away to Toronto because things are crazy. Would you celebrate, not just us, would you celebrate every person that's in the position of leadership in this house? Would you celebrate those people who greet you in the parking lot? Come on. Would you celebrate those people that are in the, in, in the lobbies? Would you celebrate the people who are nursing our kids and loving our kids? Come on, would you celebrate these leaders here that come and worship and lead us in the presence of God? Come on, let's celebrate this worship team. Come on, would you celebrate Neri over there and Joel? Come on. If you've never met them before, I want you to greet them today and say thank you to them. Celebrate leaders. Because leaders represent God on the earth. There'll be no leadership. There'll be no agreement without leadership. That's why the devil just, just, man, there's just.